This is the Courser Cast. Courser Cast. Here's your host, Bobby Courser. Welcome back into the Courser Cast. Had a chance today to sit down and catch up with some more members of Andretti Autosport. Zach Veach, their rookie in the IndyCar series, along with Dalton Collette, their driver for the Indy Light series. They were both in town today to help promote the upcoming Grand Prix of Portland. Uh, here's my conversation with them as I sat down and asked them what it's like to be members of Andretti Autosport. All right, I'm here with Zach Veach, driver of the number 26 Andretti Autosport entry for Group 1001 Honda. Zach, welcome to Portland. Yeah, thank you. It's my first time ever visiting, so it's, it's great to see the city. Well, Portland is excited. Finally, IndyCar is back after a 10-year absence. Uh, as I was telling you guys before we started the interview, this becomes the fourth largest city in the state of Oregon on race weekend. A lot of fans are super into it. So, you know, you guys, you've never been on the track, and I know when we talk, you know, throughout the course of this interview, you guys will say, well, we haven't seen it yet. And that's great because, you know, you don't know what to expect, and that's kind of nice. But as a driver, when you come into a series and you haven't been somewhere, what's one or two things that you try to do to kind of maybe just familiarize yourself before you get to the track? Yeah, I think just going back and watching history, you know, uh, going back to the races in 2006, 2007 on YouTube, just trying to get an idea how they play out. Um, I'm one of the lucky ones that actually get to test or practice here before the race weekend, so I'm hoping that gives me uh, a bit of an advantage when we come back here at the end of the month. I know some teams were talking after the last race that a lot of them are out of test days. You obviously have a couple left, so that will give you guys an advantage. What's one thing that you are looking forward to, to being on the track for the first time out here? I think the main thing is just get the uh, the questions out of the air. You know, with uh, my three teammates and I, there's a lot of, you know, what's going to be the right gears, what's going to be the right starting setup. So I'm the, the lucky one to pave the path for the other three Andretti drivers out here. So we'll figure out a lot of things, just like I said, with the gearing, what we need to show up with. And... And what kind of direction do we need our damper program to go to have the most grip when we come back here? So a little bit of pressure riding on my shoulders because I'm setting the car up for my three teammates. But, um, you know, at this point of the year, it's kind of become second nature. Let's talk about this season. You made a splash on the scene finishing fourth at Long Beach, one of the series' biggest races. How has that helped your confidence this year? It's helped a lot, but, you know, a lot of things went into that race. Uh, great strategy helped a ton. Um, but honestly, the, the past five races should have been, you know, five consistent top ten finishes. Uh, Texas, I just got a little too eager running, I think, third and brushed the wall. Uh, Road America, we had a mechanical failure. Iowa, I was running sixth, got a little too eager, brushed the wall. Uh, and then seventh in Toronto and tenth at Mid-Ohio. So I think, you know, speed there the second half of the season has been there, and we keep improving every single day. So I'm just hoping to finish these last four races as strong as we have been and, and set ourselves up for 2019. I don't know how much TV coverage you go back and watch a race, but the guys, Paul Tracy, was talking about the fact that, okay, you're no longer really a rookie. You know, you're kind of a seasoned vet. You know how the season's going to go. You know what to expect. And he expects you to have a big year next year and the following year is there a lot of pressure on you now no because it's getting easy you know that's the thing i think the pressure is there earlier in the year when you really don't understand how the growth's going to come where what are you going to do to improve but the last you know three events such as qualifying and the race i just feel more of a complete driver every time that i'm in the car and it's just it's getting easier and easier to kind of get the time out of the race car so you know for me i'm just excited because right now it's just flowing so naturally that you're, you're still trying hard, but at the end of the day, you're just 
you know, you're going off instincts and the results are coming. So I'm so excited to see what next year holds, especially having two more years on my contract. I just, I know next year can be strong and hopefully 2020, like Rossi did this year, we can have a, a championship or the year to be in the fight at least. You've said that Michael Andretti is one of your driving heroes. What's it like working for him? Early on, I mean, it's always a privilege. It's very, it's an honor for sure. Um, early on, I think I was more nervous about it than anything. When I started when I was 15, it was like having a racing god look over you. Um, but now, you know, I've grown up. Michael has seen me kind of grow and mature with the team. So now it's just a great relationship. It's, it's kind of like the same relationship I have with my dad in a way. Is anything is on the table to talk about, any questions that I have. And he's been such a part of my growth and development that, you know, I'll never be able to thank him enough for that. Speaking of fathers, I talked with Alexander Rossi earlier before the 500, and he said that Mario occasionally, you know, comes around the paddock or is at the shop. Has Mario talked to you about anything? Always. I think Mario was the biggest influencer to me when I didn't have a ride because things were going really hard at that time, and I was driving the IndyCar two-seater with Mario, and, uh, you know, he always told me to keep my head up because, you know, he had faith that things were going to work out for me, and, um, you know, I think he helped me get through the darkest times, so I'm really thankful for Mario, and, you know, he does have advice, too, just like Indianapolis. Uh, one of his, his quotes that I love so much is, you know, it's kind of a windy day, and when it's windy at 230, the car is really difficult to drive. And I guess the, the saying was, you know, the wind will never crash you. It will only scare you. And we all kind of looked and were like, well, it kind of feels like it's trying to crash us, Mario. But, you know, it's just he's got so much wisdom that whenever he speaks, you listen. Speaking of stuff off the track, you've done a lot of media work. You've been an analyst for IndyCar Radio and a pit reporter. You've been on the Today Show. You were a spokesperson for Oprah Winfrey. And you've been on CNN's most interesting list. Uh, when this driving career ends, do you want to move into the media side, or is that something that interests you? A little. You know, I want to be around this sport as long as I possibly can, whether that's in the car or outside of it. And I think, you know, if I can have the career that I want to, hopefully I'll be looking for a, a new job in another 23 years. Um, but if that time comes, whether it be being involved in the media or uh, even owning my own team, I'd like to do that one day, but that's, that's quite a com commitment. So it's just got to see how it, it unfolds. But at the end of the day, my big goal was, you know, I want to be one of the best in IndyCar, but you know, at the end of the day, if you win every race, win five Indy 500s and you don't help anyone along the way, well, what in the hell did you do it for? You know, I, I want to be able to help people. I want to inspire people and I want to make life you know, better for it, for people. So I'm, I'm getting to use the one sport I love as a, a way to do that. One last question before we turn to your teammate here. You've been with Andretti Autosport through every step of your progression. How has that helped in your development? It's, it's helped me just have that familiar, familiarity just with the team. Um, you know, it's funny, the mechanics that my crew chief I have on my car and my right rear tire changer um, they helped me when I was 13, and the other helped me when I was in 15 in USF 2000. So these guys have known me for 10 years. Um, so it's just nice to have that family. And, and, the, and the funny thing is Michael just knows how I progress. Um, you know, I'm a bit of a slow learner at first because I take inches instead of feet. But as soon as I get to the competitive level, I'm usually pretty strong. And starting the year, Michael's like, well, you know, at St. Pete, probably in the top 15 might be qualifying 16th in that area but hopefully by the end of the year you know you'll be fighting for top sixes with like five races to go uh or fast sixes i mean and fighting for top tens and mid ohio we're 
going to be in the fast six, but a red flag came out with one corner to go. So, um, you know, we progressed on that line that he saw. So, you know, I just got to have faith in his vision and keep working uh, hard like I do, and things will take care of themselves. In addition to Zach joining us, we have Dalton Callett, who is the driver of the number 28 Indy Lights entry for Andretti Autospart. Um, an interesting backstory with you. You have a degree in engineering. So tell me about that, and does that give you an advantage being in such a technical sport? Yeah, so to give you some kind of perspective, I uh, have a bachelor's degree in engineering physics uh, from Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. I completed that program while racing, while going through US 5000 and uh, Pro Mazda. Uh, and I think, you know, with racing being, like you said, so technical, so, um, you know, there's a lot going on in terms of the setup, the damper programs, aero and chassis setup and all that. I think where it really helps is the off-season where you're developing the car. That's where a lot, a lot of the work happens, and being, being able to relate to the engineers on a more technical level uh, is definitely a be is definitely beneficial. But uh, as you know, Zach would certainly tell you, all of the drivers have a lot of technical knowledge, especially when you get to the, the Indy car level. So you can't you can't say that you know it's necessarily a huge advantage, um, but it definitely helps. Do you speak their language more clearly than say some of the other drivers? Because I know everybody talks about the same stuff, but you have you know, kind of that inside knowledge of, okay, maybe we call it one thing, but really this is what it is. Do you have that ability to talk that language? I think I, d I, I do, but I have to constantly remind myself that I am the driver, not the engineer. So at the end of the day, it's more important for me to focus on getting the most out of the car and relaying the feedback in a sort of objective, non-biased way. So uh, it helps to know the language, but at the end of the day, I'm the driver, not the engineer. Speaking of drivers and speaking of setups, you've had a very solid season. You've had a top eight finish in every single race. You finished third at Indy and at Mid-Ohio. It's a solid season for you. Yeah, it's been going good. You know, we're coming fresh off a podium finish at Mid-Ohio and uh, fifth place in the second race. And, uh, yeah, a pole and a third place at Indy were definitely huge highlights for the season. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think this uh, – latter end of the year with uh, Mid-Ohio Gateway, Gateway Motorsports Park and finishing off at Portland. It's going to be a good run for us, for sure. What is something that you look forward to as you make that step from Indy Lights to IndyCar? What is kind of your dream setup or your dream scenario? <laughs> well, I think making the step to IndyCar is the, uh, the dream right now. But, no, I think the goal is to, uh, you know, obviously secure the 500 first, find a ride there, and then build a program around that. Um, I don't, you know, I, I would love to do a com complete season, but in terms of the budgetary constrictions, you know, I think it's more likely that we'll get the 500 looked after and then go from there. Um, and yeah, we're working, working hard at that. And, uh, you know, I would love to be up in the IndyCar series driving those cars there. You know, the racing right now is so competitive. There's so many good drivers in there. Uh, you know, it would be a pleasure to race in that field. Would you be okay doing a split series where some Indy lights and some IndyCar races? I would be. Yeah. I mean, I think if it's in the cards, I would be certainly okay doing that. I think, you know, maybe next year might be a piecemeal season of some IndyCar events, maybe some one-off light races, maybe some sports car racing. Uh, just so I'm staying fresh, staying in the car, I think that's probably the most likely outcome. But if, if there's a full season deal in there, then that's what happens. You've talked a lot about your engineering degree. You're big into STEM, the science, technology, engineering, and math aspect. Why is that so important to you? Well, I think as an athlete, we have an imperative to use our platforms to promote something that we think is um, beneficial and you know, isn't just our own self-interest in going faster in, in 
the race car. I've, I've always believed that, you know, being a driver, while it's what I love doing, at the end of the day, it is kind of a selfish pursuit. You know, yes, we are providing an awesome experience for the fans and everyone coming out, but at the, at the end of the day, we're trying to go faster. We're trying to, um, you know, make our team, you know, we're, 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 we're trying to get race wins and do all that. And I think for me, you know, with this, my background in engineering, and I've always believed that, you know, anything you can do uh, to promote STEM education is going to help society as a whole. So that's the cause that I've dedicated myself to. Um, and I'm actually, I, I recently partnered with a uh, Portland-based organization, uh, 1080 Ed Education, to be a brand ambassador for them and promote their National STEM League. So in, ta in kind of tandem with an in IndyCar program, we're looking to grow that program across the country and into Canada as well, so very looking, very much looking forward to that next year. That's huge. Now, I know that you say you want to win the Indy 500, and you want to bring the Borg Warner back to Canada. Jacques Villeneuve is the only Canadian driver to win it so far. What would it mean for you and for Canada to win that race? It would be a huge accomplishment. Racing is very big in Canada. You know, we have we have three large events. We have the Toronto Grand Prix, we have the Montreal Grand Prix, and then the IMSA races at uh, most sports, so you know there's a huge racing culture there, and I think bringing the Borg Warner back to Canada would be an honor, and it's something that I would love to do. Both of you guys are big into rock climbing. What is it that makes it interesting? We'll start with you. I think it's a, it's an interesting time with racing because both sports are very physical and they're very mental as well. So for me, climbing is a lot about overcoming kind of the you know the mental side of it and while also exerting yourself physically. And I think you can see a lot of tie-ins with that with racing. And then from a physical standpoint, the uh, grip strength and upper body strength certainly tie in well to driving a race car. Zach? I just like being in a position where if you make a mistake, you're gonna die, you know? I, I think I really like being in that atmosphere of just, you know, it's life or death decisions, it's very serious. And at the end of the day, I've always had a, such a strong uh, sense for adventure. You know, uh, for me, we keep it on the safe scale while we're in season, but I've always been one to, you know, go out and do some extreme alpine climbing, like K2 one day, um, just because I feel like those are the moments you grow most in your life. You know, when, when you're really challenged and you're pushed to the biggest extreme, you really learn about yourself. And I think climbing kind of taught me some of my, uh, the biggest lessons about my life. You're also a big aviation buff. Do you have a pilot's license, or is that in the works? Uh, it was in the works. I got about 20 hours into it, so halfway, and then, uh, you know, life kind of took over, and I started focusing back more on racing. But one day I'd love to get to it. I think the, the whole reason I wanted to get started, and it was just I wanted to learn how to fly, and I felt like I did all that, and, uh, you know, I, I feel confident in it. Um, so I kind of just stopped to save money at that time. But one day I'll get back to it for sure. All right, last question for you. If you could buy any plane, what would you buy and why? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, if I could buy any plane, it would honestly be uh, a P-38, um, just because those things looked amazing. Uh, and there's only, I think, like four or five of them that's still flying in existence, so it would be really cool to have a P-38 Lightning for sure. Zach and Dalton, I really appreciate you guys taking a moment to get it. You guys have pizza here at the table. It looks amazing. I know you guys have done the media tour, so thank you for taking a few minutes out of your time to join us today. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure having you with us. Yeah, thanks for having us. See you back in September. Both these gentlemen will be out at Portland International Raceway August 31st through September 2nd for the Grand Prix of Portland. Tickets are on sale now at PortlandGP.com. Highly suggest getting tickets. You are not going to want to miss IndyCar's return to Portland.